Happy New Year, everybody, from Craig Ansell over here at Career Growth Made Easy Podcast. That was some awesome high-energy music from music artist Max Rosimoff. I'll put a link to him in the show notes. As we start the new year, you know what? We're taking requests for future podcast episodes. That's right. If you have a particular work or career situation that you might like to just discuss or need some guidance on, we're here for you. You can email us at info at craigancel.com. That's C-R-A-I-G-A-N-C-E-L.com. Or go to our website, craigancel.com, and click the contact page. Fill out a few short notes and click it, and it's on the way. Your request will be with us shortly. I'd also like to thank Luke Deal over at Dave Ramsey Solutions for providing Ken Coleman's new book, The Proximity Principle. I think they'd summarize it as a guide moving you towards people and places that you need to be with in order to succeed in getting the job that you love. My personal aha moment, my personal takeaway was envisioning people in my networks as one of two types of network, either a strong network or a weak network. The strong networks are people you know, you have contact with, or communication with on a regular basis. You might know them well, even know some of their interests, their hobbies, maybe even their business lives. You could possibly take them for granted. The weak networks are people you know, maybe through someone else, or a new connection that you just formed. Perhaps these connections are the ones that we should nurture and explore to expand and grow our network. Maybe there are people in our networks that shouldn't be there at all. With the new year upon us, it's important to see with who and how we spend our time. There's always info out there on the web, so doing a little Google research, I found five people around you determine your success. Another way to put it, you're the average of five people around you. Then there's the six degrees of separation principle. All people are six or less social connections away from each other. For seven, there are seven types of people to avoid, followed by seven types of people to attract. Rounding out at number eight, eight types of toxic people to avoid. Well, looking back, probably everyone listening has either worked with or interacted with a toxic person in their lives. The question, though, how do these interactions with toxic people affect us? To do this, let's envision our bodies, just like our vehicle, getting a full tank of fuel. We get a full night of sleep, and we eat a nutritious breakfast in the morning, and we're charged up to go. However, you can't refuel your body until the following morning, so you're on a fixed supply of energy. Every interaction with someone takes a little bit of energy. Some more, some less. Each time, your tank level drops a little. When you have negative interactions, though, this can lead to stress, and stress can zap your energy. If it's increased stress over time, it can have lasting negative effects and impacts to you and on your brain. As an example, it's easy to spot someone that's a gossiper or a complainer. They seem to find comfort, perhaps even pleasure, in talking about other people's problems or mistakes someone might have made while working at their job. At work, we have to interact with people, and we can't always pick and choose who we work with. 
we need to try to stay strong and rise above in those challenging situations. Meaning, don't try to win the battle. Try to focus on winning the war, winning the long term. To do that, we try to monitor ourselves, to become aware of and recognize when our emotions are coming out. This helps us respond rationally rather than emotionally. Has anyone ever had a toxic relationship with someone at work and that person was your boss or your supervisor? After I was out of college with an engineering degree and working in a professional office environment, I was interested in growth and leadership. I noticed one particular manager seemed to get continued results. I patterned my behaviors and approaches after him, though I already was in a supervisory position, I felt it might boost my results. I didn't realize it, but that manager was ruling with an iron fist. If you've not heard of the phrase, essentially it's someone that raises their voice, occasionally yells, and might even pound their fist on a table or a desk to get someone's attention or to stop a conversation so they can interject themselves. Sure, I was getting results following the iron fist concept, but at what cost? As I adopted and adjusted my quote-quote leadership style, I slowly alienated my team members one by one. Where I used to get invited to outside events such as team members' birthday parties and special events, the invites lessened and eventually got to the point that my direct reports spouses were having their first and even second child and I wasn't even aware or invited to the celebrations. The problem was that I patterned my behavior after a toxic person. As I mentioned earlier, this person would talk loudly, occasionally yell, sometimes interrupt, and even speak over people just to get their point across. I wasn't recognizing the negative behavior, the negative influences they were having. I was focusing on the results and the position they held in the company. After recognizing the error in my ways and doing a 180, a complete turnabout, I worked on correcting my ways. But it was difficult, if not nearly impossible, to rebuild relationships with my direct report team members. From time to time, I still go by and check on them or give a shout out to see how they're doing. And I recognize, though, that even if we have a great conversation, I remember in the back of my mind what technique that I adopted using that iron fist approach and the damage it caused firsthand. Thinking back to toxic people, we talked about different types, different traits that identify these people. We need to recognize when we have involvement with them or interactions with them. If we don't limit ourselves and protect our personal fuel tank, we could be running on empty too quickly in the day or far too frequently, and that can significantly increase stress and the damaging effects of stress on our bodies and our brains. Take a look at your networks today and look out for any toxic people and potentially adjust your networks if you can. The stronger your networks are, the more likely you are to be successful. And if you haven't given Ken Coleman's book a read, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. I recommend it. Please don't forget to like us if you find this podcast helpful. Subscribe. 
and go into the show notes to click the free downloads. Or you can go to our website and go to the show notes from the podcast and get the free downloads as well. Right now, we have a very powerful download there that is for resumes. It's called a resume tune-up kit, and it has several great examples of the most common mistakes that resumes have on them, and also the corrections for those, along with some bonus tips. If you've ever submitted your resume online through a website or online system, they may use something called an ATS or applicant tracking system. It has an automated set of rules when it does the scanning, and there's a lot of um, common mistakes out there that can cause your resume to be discarded before it even goes through the full scanning and keyword check process. So you can get that free download also by checking the show notes and getting the downloads from the links. This has been Craig Ansell reminding you, we turn problems into potential and issues into opportunities We'll see you next week. Peace.